Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 251 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, konnichiwa. Lauren's just been writing down some Japanese flashcards. Hi. She's very excited. She's actually started up her Japanese lessons officially now. Hi, so desne. Ohayo, Daro-san. Hi. Or, it would be, really, it would be, Ohayo, uh, or sorry, Konnichiwa, Dero, Dero-chan, because you're my friend. It's all gone wrong. Yeah. It didn't genki last des- very long. Genki desu ka? I'm doing okay, thank you. Hi, so desu. Ah, ne. So yeah, Lauren has uh, officially started up her Japanese lessons. It's something she's wanted to do for a long, long time. Hmm. And um, basically, Night Sky Prince did it. Yeah. Like he, um, he, him and I just kind of said one day, let's push each other to try and do pick up Japanese again. Because he's, he's quite far ahead of me, I think. Um, he's, he was uh, studying it quite a bit, doing like um, the watch, watch anime method and that type of thing. Um, whereas I kind of, I took a year of it in, uh, university because when I transferred universities, they actually offered it. <laughs> they didn't offer it in Bloomsburg, like middle of Hicksville. Um, Surprising. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, bless them. They, they can only do so much. I took a year of German there just as a waster course. Um, I took German level one, even though I took five years of German in high school, just because, or and sorry, did you four pass years with flying colors? Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was Guten quite, Tag. <laughs> Guten Tag. uh, I couldn't probably do much of it now, but oh well, yay education. But when I transferred to Temple University, they offered Japanese and I was not going to pass that up. Um, but since then, um, I wanted to take more classes uh, at Temple, but I didn't have the room uh, for my courses, so I had to say, um, I had to say sayonara. goodbye. Sayonara. Hi, so this ne. So now, now I just like I need to. I, I want to pick it up again. So I'm taking private lessons with a very a very fantastic teacher over Zoom, and she's very nice. And um, yeah, we're going through the Genki book, which is like the greatest like Japanese textbook um it it's a really good Japanese textbook I highly recommend it if you're considering learning Japanese even just on your own um get Genki because it's it's like used by everyone I mean I'm in the UK I use this book in the United States and my teacher over here has it like it's quite universal which is why Lauren highly recommends it Lauren highly recommends a lot of things actually do I? You're yeah. making me sound really easy. You highly recommend a lot of things. <laughs> I, that that means I can't be trusted. Uh, your word's not mine. Oh, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> How are we doing outside of your Japanese lessons, though, Lauren? Um, outside of my Japanese lessons, it's going good. Things are coming down uh, with uh, work-related things. I'm kind of getting getting used to the system and getting used to the flow of things although summer break is on the horizon which is quite stressful we have started planning out our summer activities for the girls to do it's going to be dinosaur journaling we're going to be taking them to climbing parks so many fun activities Mm -hmm. planned we're going to have how many of them will actually end up happening at the end of the the time we'll we'll see Yes. We'll yeah, we'll see what happens. 
we'll, we'll do we our best. See. But yes, and how are you, Daryls? All right, yeah. Um, plugging on, yeah. plowing through. Uh, we uh, have, well, I have f- finished the first draft of a, the Square documentary part two. <laughs> it's longer than the first part. <laughs> and um, I think it's really interesting. And after the response to the first one, it's, it kind of like empowered me to just like really go to town with this one. And like, there's still some stuff I've cut out because I just don't think it's that interesting. Mm. I haven't gone into every single nook and cranny. I probably could have done if this was the, I guess it is the complete history. (laughs) Good job, Daryl. I mean, like. (laughs) This is the incomplete, complete history. You have to like draw the line somewhere. And eventually we'll have the director's cut. Yeah, I've, I've drawn the line a lot further away than other people have in the past mm. but i mean if someone else wants to do a more comprehensive one in the future more power to them mm-hmm. because it will take them a very long time it will be like a decade long <laughs> it would be yeah i mean i don't know how many parts this is going to end up being part two ends at the release of final fantasy mm. so that is the first three years of the company's history in about two hours Nice. Yeah, we're working. We're working at just over a year, an hour. <laughs> it's good. It's good. And, and we're I've doing got well. to go all the way up to 2003, so I've got another like 14, no, 16 years to go. No. Um. So yeah, that could be about you know 14 hours. You can do it. If there's anybody who can do it, it's you. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the plan currently is to get that out at the end of the or well, by the end of the month. I, Lauren and I have just had a stomach bug, so that has uh, thrown a spanner uh, yeah, into the works. waylaid things a little bit. I've got it's meant I've got a bit behind because it's just zero energy, mo- no like desire to write or do anything other than sleep. Really, this is like yeah. the first kind of activity that we've done that has not really been sleeping and or feeling watching, sorry for ourselves. Yeah, watching Star Trek Voyager, watching uh, I was. I watched Big Daddy last night. I seem to be going through a phase now. So if we were doing the um, if we were doing the streams now, it'd probably be about Adam Sandler, because I seem to be going through an Adam Sandler kick at the moment. Good job, Aaron. Yep, I know. But what happened to Adam Sandler? <laughs> what happened to Adam Sandler? Although, um, who was it? Was it Ronnie who said uh, on Twitter the other day? I think it was brought to my attention that Brent. Uh, Brendan Fraser is actually in a new show in, on HBO that's reviewing really well. I feel so, like we discussed this on the po- uh, on the the live stream. Um, we well we've we've done there, there's been quite a few things that he's been in recently, but this is like the newest thing. It's um oh what is it called? I can't remember. Um, your your fake love for Brendan Fraser is now showing through. No, it's not. I just don't have good memory anymore. <laughs> I just need to see it a couple more times. Anything that's not Encino Man, you don't remember. You know, if you search Brendan Fraser on if you search Brendan Fraser on Google, the first result is whatever happened to Brendan Fraser. <laughs> no, it's um it's well, Doom Patrol is the one that you and I kept, that we yeah, were discussing. Kept about that. Yeah. No sudden move. So it's a film. <gasps> no sudden move on HBO. Wow. Yeah, and apparently it's really, really good. Really Don good. Don Cheadle's in it as well. Don Cheadle, okay. Mm-hmm. but yeah you're gonna have to check that out that's your Lauren. update that's your update on brendan fraser in lieu of the streams yeah 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 all right so today we are going to be talking about final fantasy 15 
Because in the same round, whatever happened to Final Fantasy... Sorry, I said 15, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Whatever happened to Final Fantasy 16? Mm. Although, having said that, it's not on the outline, but I think we should talk about it. Tabata. Mm. Yes, we'll get on to that before we get on to actually what we were planning to talk about. Um, so we're going to talk about what's happened to 16, and then we're going to be having a... Actually, I might switch the order around. Oh um, my goodness, I know, it's throwing going everything out the, the window. All over the, crate, all over the place. I don't um, know what to believe anymore. So yeah, we're going to talk a bit about the first soldier, because Square Enix have published the results of the Japanese and North American beta surveys. Mm. Makes some interesting readings. Mm. Readings? Reading. Uh, but before we do any of that, it's time to read out our Patreon shout-outs, Lauren. I'm going to let you start today. Okay. Well, our first Patreon is Lewis James at LJ Composer. Zach Duranto. Rachel Casterton at Drunken Vieira. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Zelda Clone at Eighth Type Novels. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Nainjin. Miles Ribbons. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Lauren Bullen at Masker 23. Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes 22. Yam Potato. Noah Luttrell. Ryzen. Sam Ennis. Chris Willis. Fayez Bilal. Joshua Johnson at The Cancer Bus. Freya Stella. Lauren Luscombe. Marco Lillo. Timmy Turner's Babysitter. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. And Gregory. Thank you so much, everyone. See, I switched it around, Lauren, because mm. I knew you had still not practiced your, um, <gasps> yeah, your voice. Yeah, it's very and this true. Meant you didn't have to do it. Oh, but I could have tried anyway without studying. It's okay. Um, but no, um, also, I mean, I, I guess it, it should be said as well. Um, sadly, the KHU podcast is ending or it, has, it has ended. It's now. so it sad. Finished, yes. Um, we wish both Churro and Brandon all the love and all the luck in the world. Um, cause Brandon, uh, if you listen to the podcast, uh, Brandon is moving on to a role in the games industry in Japan, yeah, in Japan, which is really awesome. And yeah, no, it's, it's really, really cool. But, um, sadly it does mean that KHU is, um, ending for the moment. We don't really have any plans at the moment of what we're going to do with it. Um, at the moment, it, it's just on indefinite hiatus, essentially. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's 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 a shame. But like you know, it, it all good things come to an end, and um, we just we're just really thankful for Brennan and Chiro for keeping it alive so long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of echoed similar thoughts on the last episode, but yeah, just to say again that we're so happy with everything that Brandon and Chu were able to do and and just how long KHU was able to go on for yeah. with them supporting us with Final Fantasy Union. They were pretty independent with things and um yeah, it's just it was just amazing that it went on so long and, and we've got nothing but but good good vibes to share. Mm-hmm. All right, Lauren. Okay. On the subject of good vibes. Yeah. I think everyone who listens to the show knows that you and I have a special place in our hearts for Hajime Tabata, even though Final Fantasy XV did not turn out the way that I think anyone was expecting, we have an appreciation mm-hmm. for everything he went through to try and even get that game out. <laughs> yes. And um, so he's published an interview in Famitsu, uh, basically like pre as a precursor to what's happening next, but also in line with the release of Pegasus Dream Tour, which is the official game for the Paralympics, which... 
Lauren has been able to play. I haven't been able to play it because it doesn't work on older iPhone devices, unfortunately. It just Such crashes. Such a good start. <laughs> Not the best start, but no, they, they're like working really hard to try and fix it. And the the game itself, if you do have a more up-to-date phone, it's it's fun. I, I think like... The main reason the game exists is not to be like a shining showcase of game design or anything. It's it's to shine a light on um, athletes that have disabilities because mm. when has there ever really been a video game that has focused around that? And like all of the comments I've seen around even the crashes have basically just been people saying it's not anger. Mm-hmm. It's more kind of like just please can you fix this because my daughter like has her arm that's missing and she really wants to play as a character mm. that's like her. Yeah. Like everyone's just so happy that this game exists because it gives people a chance to play like people who are like themselves. And like representation is, is definitely a thing that's always talked about in terms of like race and and uh, sexuality. But like disabilities is also, it's becoming more of a flashpoint in terms of like um, accessibility for games. But like, that's not representation. Again, I know uh, uh, Spider-Man had a big thing because there was a character that spoke in sign. And like, you know, this game that Tabata's making is is a real difference maker. Like it's it's huge. And mm-hmm. the interview talked about basically why he, he wanted to do this because after he left Square, he had many opportunities to go and work on a big AAA game. He had offers to join other big studios around the world. And he turned them all down to make his own studio because he wanted to make a game that would make a difference to people. And he felt that this would be a game that could help him make a difference mm-hmm. because he he basically said in the interview that he was looking, I don't know why he was doing it, but he was looking up the um, Paralympics and he was checking out their YouTube channel and he noted that videos on the Paralympics were getting like a couple of hundred views. Mm-hmm. And like, this is like, the biggest event in the world for Paralympians yeah, uh, or, or, or um, uh, athletes with disabilities and th- no real visibility. And he just wanted to try and do something to raise awareness yeah. a- about the event. And um, I and give the him all the credit for that. Have. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's just, it's, it's a really, yeah. Like it's a, it's a fun game. It's almost kind of like, similar to Wii Sports in a sense because you're, like, you're playing all these different types of small games um, on your mobile device. Yeah. They really like try to hold your hand throughout the first bit. Like at, at first playing through it, I was just kind of like, am I actually going to play the game? Because like it was just literally playing it for me for the first like 10 minutes or so. Like it, it really... There's a long tutorial, just just warning you now if you play it, it's, there's a long tutorial. But once you get through that, then you're actually able to play the the full game. And and it's quite cute. It's really sweet. I mean, they really tried um, to make it just a really accessible, um, fun experience. You can get, um, you can get various upgrades for uh your sort of pieces like your if you want like a new arm um you can get like an, a new type of colored arm stuff, prosthetic yeah. and um wheelchair or um leg prosthetic like it's all it's all just really 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 fun and really really cute i think also what's interesting is that um tabata basically said that he didn't want to replicate because like every single um, athletics-based game in the past has always been 
the same kind of thing. It's、mm. button mashing,、mm. right? That that's what they all like, or it's, it's button mashing, or like really minimal things. And he wanted to make a game that's more comprehensive, so he's he's still got that notion in there, but it's more about strategy and role playing elements.、Um, you're kind of like the coach in some instances as well. So it's it's very different.、Um, yeah. But like moving moving back to the interview, he he basically said like, and it's it's kind of inferred with the person who interviewed, but he basically said that. When he was working on Fifteen, he was still very much a company man, like ingrained in Japanese ideologies and how they develop and how they work. But because of how he wanted to promote the game, he ended up doing a lot of traveling, way more traveling than anyone has ever done at Square. I think like he went to like Mexico and like a lot of South American places, a lot of European countries. He basically went everywhere because he. He knew that Fifteen had had a rocky path, a rocky road, and he needed to do something to try and make the community feel wanted and listened to. So he he made a point of going to all these locations, actually showing up, going to small events like he at Gamescom. He he hung out with fans. He like did stuff. Like he was always very inclusive. He did the event for us in the UK,、yeah. where he like, which I will always with, like, remember twenty twenty fans and listened to them. And he said that by traveling to all of these countries around the world, he started to realize that there are lots of other cultures, for one, and that、um, they are a lot more progressive than maybe Japan is in some ways.、Mm-hmm. And I think he—I don't know if it was like an eye opener, but basically, the, the interviewer has said that、um, Tabata had decided he was going to leave Square. Before, like basically around the time that Fifteen had shipped,、mm-hmm. because he just didn't want to work in a company or an environment like that anymore, and he wanted to kind of go somewhere that was a bit more open.、Um, and like one of the first things he's done at his new company is hire a load of female employees, irrespective of seniority. He's hired them from different industries, like just, and he's put them in fairly senior roles as well, just to get different perspectives. Because Japan、uh, or Square Enix is very is very male oriented. Uh, there's not much diversity in terms of how things are built,、uh, and he felt that that was something that needed to change, and that's basically like the mantra that he's tried to to trying to work with the JP Games. He wants his games to have more inclusive staffs. He wants to try and、um, do things that are are more representative, and I think what's very very interesting is that he's he's announced what his first two big games are going to be. <laughs> and I don't think anyone expected it.、Um, the first game is going to be an evolution of Type Zero, and like I know that there were people harboring hopes that that Square were going to make a Type Next Type One, and like it never really seemed like that was going to happen because the Bata had moved on to Fifteen, and then was looking at to do what is now, I guess, become Forspoken.、Um, And actually, on Forspoken, there's a lot of people are suggesting that actually the fact that Frey Holland is the is the main protagonist, a、uh, a woman of color,、hmm. could have been a Tabata、uh, influenced decision, or even if he didn't make that decision, his team would have been influenced to make that decision. That, yeah.、Um, so yeah, the first game is going to be an evolution of of Type Zero.、Uh, it's going to be smaller in scale.、Uh, it's not. I don't think he's classified that one as a AAA game because、mm-hmm. um, obviously Type Zero was wasn't a AAA game anyway. 
uh, it's obviously not going to be called Type Zero, but yeah. it's going to be an evolution of the concepts like within it. Like a spiritual it. successor. Exactly, a spiritual successor. And the second game he's working on is going to be an evolution or a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> so a lot of the themes and concepts he tried to put in XV that didn't necessarily pan out the way he wanted because of it wasn't really his game and he tried to kind of shoehorn things in, I guess. Yeah. He's going to try and do again. So he's going to make an open world RPG that is based around uh, being a nomad, essentially, like kind of going from place to place without having a home. And uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how both of those projects pan out and mm. and whether or not, like, because he's classified the second one as AAA. AAA means it, it, it should be a rival to Final Fantasy in terms of scale and budget. Yeah. If he can make two games that rival... Final Fantasy in terms of quality, scale, and budget. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. I mean, like, the, the potential's there, right? I mean, yeah. there I aren't too many other Japanese developers who have that have that um, gravitas. Yeah, like, his, his... Like, this is the one thing that really upset me about Final Fantasy XV. Like, I knew that Tabata could do better. I knew that, like, for Type Zero, I mean, for those who actually took the time to play through Type Zero, like, it had a fantastic story and that's something that nobody really challenges like the story in type zero is one of the best and i would say also that that wasn't even hit, like type zero was not his game yeah either like it was supposed to be agato 13 yeah he worked on it like loosely in the first like three or four years of development and then the, the what was supposed to be agato 13 got cancelled they mm. made a new game on the same concept called type zero but it was kind of overseen by Nomura still. Like, it mm. was still Nomura's project. He was the creative producer, creative director, whatever it is you want to call him. Tabata was still the director, and he was able to do stuff. But, like, he clearly... I don't think he was behind the reason, like, them cancelling it and redoing it and all this other stuff. Because then yeah. Tabata brought back the original concept as Final Fantasy Agato. Basically and, a huge mess of a game. Yeah, on, and then, on, like... Behind the scenes, at least. Gameplay-wise, I think Type Zero is also one of my, like alongside probably father as he said remake of this type of gameplay it's it's one of my favorites like it just really worked well with all the characters and that type of thing i mean like if he's given full realm to do whatever he wants i think he could have the potential to smash it out of the park um granted i don't know how much money I don't know how much money he has to play around I mean, with. He has said that he is working with a major publisher mm. to work on these games. And that suggests to me that it I he mean it could be Sony. Should have, yeah. Sony are backing people that are wanting to make like that have huge ambitions for games. They've yeah. obviously like done sixteen and for spoken as exclusives. Seven remake we're assuming is still gonna be an exclusive. Stranger of Paradise is a PS5 exclusive. No, it's not. Sorry, it's um, the demo is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, there is a good chance that that he may be working with Sony, and they're just not announcing it yet. Yeah, I mean, Sony announced a couple new partnerships uh, throughout the E3 period. They announced the one before where they're working on um, with the new studio who worked on the Call of Duty franchise primarily. They've just bought a PC developer. They just bought Housemark. Like, yeah. Sony are, are going super aggressive this year. Yeah. This, this generation. Yeah. Especially after everything with Game Pass. 
they kind of need to. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm really I'm really curious as to what he's what he's got in store and what we could see from him. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just happy for him. I'm really happy for him. Our interest is peaked. Yes. So that leads us on to the first soldier. Uh, a game that did not really pique our interest when it was announced. <laughs> and I don't think, I think there was a lot of curiosity around what was actually going to be because mm. it didn't make much sense, really. The The closed beta results have now been published. And it seems, on the whole, that people liked it. Yeah, which, which I think was good. the feedback throughout uh, when, the, when the beta was actually happening. Like, it wasn't a train wreck, which is mm. obviously a positive. <laughs> and um, it, it seemed like it went really well. And... Most people had issue the, the same issues I was, I was hearing that they didn't really like the controls, they didn't like the character movement, the the fact it's a mobile exclusive is a real like turn off. Uh, there's no like first person mode, so it's third person only. Mm. You can't use a controller. Like basically, all of these gripes um, that people would expect from a game of this nature are not in there. Mm-hmm. But Square have said that they're going to be looking to try and address those issues. Mm. I guess the the most interesting thing for me about this, and maybe this is me just being a bit too cynical. The first, the main question they're leading with about this whole thing was um, people's uh, like perception of the game, um, how they how they rated it, and they they were it's the way they worded it. So, like four star, four out of four was. The game exceeded your expectations. Then the next one down is the game matched your expectations. Then it's like it 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 didn't exceed expectations, or it was like it was I didn't like it. Now that wording, a lot of people went into this experience with very low expectations. <laughs> so, so therefore, like if the game was half decent, then those expectations are going to be beaten that doesn't mean it's like the best game ever it just just means that that they they were surprised that they didn't hate it (laughs) like if we went into it we were expecting it to be terrible so therefore if it wasn't terrible we'd be like oh this this actually actually it it, it did exceed my expectations yeah that doesn't mean we think it's great it just means it exceeded our expectations so i do think that that's a bit uh interesting and even actually if you do look at the uh, they said like 96 percent of people in the north in north america um it it um, matched or exceeded expectations mm. but if you look at like the star ratings they associated to those statements then it comes out about like a 75 percent rating which isn't great yeah by today's standards but it's, it's okay it's passable like if they can push that up to an 80 to 90 in however long they've got left i don't know how when the game's going to come out now because they they've not specified a release date after the closed beta mm. i'm guessing because they have a lot of things to change yeah maybe they've said that they're going to be improving the ai they've got to rebalance the game they've noted that the battery consumption of, of the playing the game was way too high i mean let's be real it's really hard to release an online mobile title it's really hard it nobody gets it completely right i mean you know even League of Legends has had like a ton of updates it took since. So long. I mean, like if you think about how long it was, like three months. Uh, they launched it in in every kind of major region of a very staggered time period to control yeah. the number of players. Um, like East Asia was was the first. They they were like the the guinea pigs essentially yeah. to start off with, and they, Europe was rolled out in the beta. North America got it last when it kind of it was officially launched. Yeah. 
very long t- I think it was like a good six to nine months of it being live before North America even got it. Yeah, so it's like, you know, um, right off the bat, like, I think these numbers are pretty good for it. Like, I think these numbers are, the, yeah. these ratings are I, really I good. And... Cynicism aside, because that's just me being being silly. It's just you being I, a negative I, Nancy. I, I think that, like, the fact that, the, the, that everything has come back so positive means that yeah like it's it should only be be improved from here yeah right like they've started they've got a good base to start from and um i'm really interested to play it now because like we didn't get the chance to play it a the beta was android only and also mm-hmm. i don't think it was available in europe so no. <laughs> we were locked out on we two were fronts, double so. we were double dose yeah so um i yeah. i'm i'm curious to see like, like when the release date gets announced um i'll I mean, we'll probably play it when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give it a go. I mean, you know, I I, I quite like playing on mobile, um, especially in this kind of, like, Battle Royale type of thing. Like, I just, those kind of things interest me. So. Lauren is a closet Fortnite player. <laughs> yeah, secretly. <laughs> I really should probably play Fortnite just to give it a go. But yeah, no, um, no, I'm, I'm, I look forward to it, to trying it out. I just hope I don't get we we have to just try not to get too sucked in. That's the worry. Don't that get is too the sucked issue. in. All right. So then that brings us on to our last topic, which is what's happened to sixteen? Mm. When are we gonna see it again? Whatever happened to Baby Jane? Exactly. So Yoshida made it pretty clear that sixteen was gonna be shown at some point during twenty twenty one. I forgot the year then because <laughs> um, <laughs> that was after like the reveal last year and then they did the official website reveal. And mm-hmm. as part of all of that, he spoke on the um, with uh, Tara and Saito saying, yep, we're going to be doing a big, big reveal during 2021. That's when we're going to actually show the game properly. Mm-hmm. People were initially hoping that was going to happen at E3. E3's gone. <laughs> that ship has sailed. It did not appear during the Summer Games Fest. It did not appear during the Sony press conference. Sorry, the, the Square Enix press conference. And there was no Sony press conference. The next thing people were hoping for was the rumored Sony showcase, which was supposed to be happening at some point in July. Well, that hasn't materialized yet. We did get a state of play and people then started thinking, "Mm, is this going to be where it is? Because Sony did say they were going to be showing some updates from third party studios. 16 wasn't shown during the state of play. And unless some showcase happens that we're not aware of at the moment, it's unlikely that it's going to be there either. To be fair, I wasn't that impressed with the state of play. Anyway, just getting then, it out but there. St- state of plays are never really supposed to be that impressive. They're, no. they're like, they're little updates if you want updates on those games and they do a showcase on a big game if you're interested in it. So yeah. if you were looking forward to Deathloop, it was probably quite good for you. But it's just because, I guess it's just because this was supposed to, like, well, maybe, yeah, maybe I am putting too much of a big thing on it, but it's just like, I expected more because they weren't at E3. Yeah, and they may still do an event at some point in July. Yeah. We don't know. But it's just like, it just sort of made me think like, you know, this was your opportunity to to show why you're not at E3 and they just didn't do it. Like, and I mean, granted, like we're in a weird time at the moment, like this, like all is, all is said and done, but it's just like they had an extra amount of thing to prove in in my mind because it's just kind of like, you're trying to still justify to people why you're not at E3. And if you're presenting a 
state of play that isn't necessarily like you're opening up with a VR game. Yeah. You're opening up with a VR game. I mean, I, w- I was thinking then that maybe uh, because they're still trying to like c- cope with the demand for the system, maybe they're trying to like not. Yeah. Push for- but then like, throughout the entirety of like the early this year, they've been promoting it like crazy everywhere. Yeah. It's not really their concern. I, maybe like, I don't know. They've probably got something planned. Yeah. I just, just hate to be a negative Nancy, but at the I same time. I just don't think time, it's been, the, it's just not the, the time that they want to do it. No, no. But I, it just, I just was a bit, I just was a bit disappointed. So. It's okay. You're allowed to be disappointed yeah, based but, on your, yeah. your expectations. Yes. Um, All right. Yeah. So Anyways. Yoshida then um, basically went on, it was during the Final Fantasy 14, recent 14 broadcast, which also featured Saito and Taro. Basically, whenever they're on there, he's going to talk about 16 for some reason. They, <laughs> there's going to be somebody him. dressed up as something crazy as well. Um, so the, the topic got onto 16 and uh, like when it's going to be shown. And um, Yoshida said that, he, he gave a small update to basically say that the scenario is pretty much complete. The the voice recording is in its final stages, including the English voiceovers. And when he's basically saying, well, from what I'm reading, saying it's nearly complete, is that there's tweaks being made to the dialogue. So the, the scenario structure and everything is done. Mm-hmm. They're just cha- they're just like fiddling around with the words and mm-hmm. like how things are going to be said. It's like especially if if um, the voice voice recording is pretty much done, they're not going to be making wholesale changes. It's just going to be small tweaks and additions. Maybe the localization teams are making some adjustments based on what they how they want to do things and stuff because the um, the 14 localization team has a very, very close-knit relationship with the, the Japanese team. And I'd imagine it's been very similar for 16 as well. Like in the in in those teams, especially the MMOs, I think four, eleven had it as well. Um, there's like a real back and forth. Like before they've finalized names for things, they'll check with the localization teams. I know that they were saying that for um, the Elizen in um, eleven and fourteen, or the Elvan as well. Um, they had the French localization team come up with all the names of the characters and stuff, and then they would translate them into Japanese, mm-hmm. so that there's all these different characteristics and stuff. I imagine the 16 has gone through a similar process. So like finishing off the scenario is a bit more complicated in that regard than it would normally be. But like, the, yeah, like everything's, everything is pretty much done story-wise, so, which means that they're at the stage where they're um, tweaking things. Mm. Like they're, they're finalizing bosses, they're, 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 um, they're tweaking combat, they're, they're balancing everything out. And that's kind of what he said when he gave his update last October, right? That they were they were they sorting out the bo- the big tentpole boss battles and getting everything roughly in order of where it's going to be. And he basically said after that that he's not purposely holding back information just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants, <laughs> and this was I feel like it was a slight dig at some of his predecessors that he doesn't want to just keep giving out small snippets of information oh he could have been at e3 just like doing something giving out a small thing he could have been at this thing doing a small thing but he doesn't want to do that because he feels it's just stringing people along and Mm. like making them wait for the next more small piece of information what's the next snippet we're going to be when are we going to next hear about it yeah and obviously he's kind of doing that right now because we don't know when we're going to next hear about it but he basically said that he wants to minimize that that flow to be like, okay, so we'll, you could get something here and here and here and here because there's so many different trade shows and different things can happen. 
he's basically saying, we're going to be at none of them. We're going to be at none of them. But when we next show the game, it's going to be like the game's coming out very soon after. Mm. Because he basically said that like whatever he shows next is like the the final chance. Yeah. He doesn't want to do any more. He doesn't want to do it. It's just if if what you see next does not convince you to buy the game, I'm probably never going to be able to convince you to buy the game. Yeah. And that's how he wants to promote it. That does make sense because like I guess you think like he just doesn't want to he as much as like it was a successful viewing when he did it, like there was a lot of people who were very critical of how it looked and I'm guessing he just doesn't want to fall flat on his face. Yeah, so he said the um the visual quality is given but battles and other announced measurable features will be included. I want to present everything at the same time and just go, bam. Yeah. Bam. Here it is. You can buy it like in a month. Yeah. And so until until the game gets to that point, they're not going to show it. Yeah. Uh, he said that he was originally thinking about showing something at the Tokyo Game Show, but he doesn't think as though they'll be able to get that like real like bam <laughs> um, yeah. for that deadline. So, and then he basically said, like, yeah, because of that, we're not going to show at Tokyo Game Show. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, there's no point in showing something just to show it. So, like, and I feel like he would have, I almost kind of feel, though, that he would he would be saying things differently if it was a highly successful viewing when he first viewed it. Yeah, maybe. Like, if people were really, really, like, everybody was really, really, really excited about it because of, like, obviously we are. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to say, like, we aren't. But, and because there was a lot of confusion on Twitter when we were talking about it where, like, people were asking me whether or not people were critical of Final Fantasy 16 when it was announced. And, they like, people were doing whole articles of, like, him trying to come back to people to be like we went with this idea because we didn't want to um we didn't want to like i guess trick people and um that type of thing like you know there there he wouldn't have he wouldn't have released a statement like that if there wasn't a reception that called for that statement yeah People were not happy about their their decision to use in-game graphics that were up to standard. Kept thinking it was a Final Fantasy uh, fourteen expansion. Fourteen expansion. And to be fair, when I first saw it come up, that is what what I thought. thought. Yeah, we thought that it was Final Fantasy fourteen. Not looking down on Final Fantasy fourteen, but it just doesn't look like the next. No, the next. That's a game that was developed for PlayStation three consoles originally exactly like they're still using roughly the same engine obviously it looks a lot better now Mm -hmm. but it's not a playstation 5 looking game yeah yeah so like yeah and um so with all that in mind like yeah i just i just wonder if he was if he was just a bit spooked yeah i I think so Uh, i think because uh, i mean um from what we've heard that there is there is definitely a notion that he 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 knows they need to address that mm-hmm. because it did do some harm to yeah. the reputation of 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and the best way to address that is to, when you show it next, it has to look like the best game they've ever seen in their life. Yeah. And and that is what, obviously, he's striving for. Graphically, we know that Square are capable of doing amazing things from the 7 Remake. It's not the 7 Remake team, though. So Yoshida has got to, like, exceed the seven remakes level of graphics yeah 
gameplay wise, he's got it. He basically he's got to make a game that's better than the Seven Remake, and unless that happens, I don't think he's necessarily going to have achieved what he wanted mm-hmm. um, in terms of like showing it again. But we'll we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. I think from his statements, it pretty much confirms that the game's going to be coming out next year. Mm-hmm. I'd say because if he thought there was at some point a chance that they could show something at the team Tokyo Game Show with that view of having it with the BAM, it's going to be coming out soon later, soon after, sorry, then it suggests to me that maybe they were initially highlight or, or working towards a release at the end of this year. Mm. Like here's Tokyo Game Show, it's September, you can buy it for the end of the year. It's going to be coming out in like November. Obviously, if they're not going to hit the deadline, it pushes it back. They're not going to want to release it in Q1 next year because if they're spoken, maybe they will, I don't know. Um, and they probably don't want it to be coming out on the heels of Dragon Quest Twelve or around that. So they'll have to stagger things out a bit. But I'd imagine, like, you know, if if it was if it was near showing at Tokyo Game Show, that means that it's it has to be coming out at some point next year mm-hmm. after April, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But anytime between April and December, fair game for sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. We will. Mm. And that is finito. <laughs> Lauren has Lauren has uh, concluded. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, isn't it? Like, I'm 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 excited. I just like that. I just like that they're that they're together. <laughs> like, just conferences. I mean, so many of us are are who don't pay attention to the conferences that like goes on with uh, like Saito and um, and Yokotero. You d- you don't quite get to witness the beauty that is their dynamic and how hilarious they are. They just troll, and that's why these things it come out when they're with Yoshida. So because funny, they don't care. Like don't just don't just read the translations. Go and watch those conferences. Because even if you like it, they just they're so funny. Because even in this, right, the the stuff that's missed out of all this when you don't look at it, basically. When Yoshida was talking about the fact it wasn't going to be at TGS, Saito was like, but are you just saying that? Yeah. Like, are you just saying that so people don't think it's going to be there, but it's actually going to be there? And he was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, like when you went, because he was, because she was like, we said that 16 wasn't going to be like when they announced Square Enix announced the lineup for E3, 16 wasn't there. Yeah. And he was like, why would people expect it to be there? And Saito was like, because E3 is known for surprises. Like people come out, like they don't announce everything. There's there's surprises, and he was like, "Oh, well, it's not going to be at TGS, but is it not going to be there? Is it going to be a surprise?" No, I'm saying it now. It's not going to be there, and it will not be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Yo- then Yoko Terra come out and be like, "I'm going to announce it. I'm going to present it." it's just he's so perfect like i just i love them i love them so much and i just want to see them all the time lauren's getting teary-eyed i'm not getting teary-eyed i'm just getting really bashful and excited because i just love i love them both um and i love yoshi p as well but going back to the start of the episode lauren highly recommends watching one of their live streams yes i do actually (laughs) <laughs> uh, this is should that be a new segment what lauren highly recommends yes lauren highly recommends lauren's seal of approval Ding. <laughs> all conferences with yoko taro and saito is uh lauren's seal of approval 
Wasn't there like the uh, something because Nia's just passed six million as well? Near um, yeah, automata. they were gonna. Wasn't one of them gonna run around naked? Yeah, the um, uh, Tower. Yeah, they said they managed to get him on one of the live streams to say that if the game ever sold six million, then he'd he'd like do a naked live stream or something. And so as soon as it passed six million, Yokotaro tweeted at him going, "So, what about that that thing we talked about?" Yeah. <laughs> And then didn't uh, didn't Saito say that he was gonna sell it? He was gonna do a tour where he was selling the game out the back of a van, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, but then also just like the dressing up, and it's just it's just brilliant. I just think that they have to be treasured, and I I like the new boys of Square Enix. Honestly, I like this new this new bunch. There seems to be more of them. Yeah, I just yeah, they're they're gorgeous. They're lovely. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 27th of July. Be sure to check out all our previous episodes on FinalFantasyUnion.com and if you enjoy the show, please feel free to support us on KH. Please feel free to support us at Patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. And with that, it's time for us to say goodbye. Bye everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. 